he has had uh, the opportunities like everybody else. I'm sad that I had to leave uh, three players out of this list, which is never pleasant. But I just to have to say that I try to look at everybody in the eye and be comfortable with it. And with Mesut, I have this feeling because I was being very straightforward since I arrived to this club. On this episode of Premier League in Pajamas, Ozil's omission. And a new Premier League. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And that dress code is jammies. And the dress code has changed a little this week. Not that it's not still jammies. It is. But we have a new weekly shirt. We talked about it. We talked about it. It came in a week early. A lot of fun. Honestly, it's it's like Christmas. You know, I'm I'm loving it. No. Oh my gosh, it's December 25th. It's just like that. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> no, really, it is October 20th, oh. uh, Tuesday. <laughs> but I love the energy. Big Christmas guy over here, J.K. Stings. That's, that's what I'm learning. Jake, Match Week 5 is done. Yeah. It's another podcast. Finito. It's finito. And we're not going to talk about it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, then I need to scrap the first Just move on. third of my podcast. Right past it. We don't have to talk about okay. any games that happened. Well, if I was going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, if we were. Uh, I would recap the games, you would. as I usually do. And if I were to do that, I would start by saying that Everton and Liverpool drew on, on a Saturday, mm-hmm. 2-2. And then Chelsea and Southampton, another 3-3 draw for Chelsea. Man City beat Arsenal. Man United beat Newcastle. Then we move on to Sunday. Sheffield and Fulham drew. Crystal Palace and Brighton also drew. A tough result. Spurs West Ham, a 3-3 draw, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. I can see the pain in your eyes. Yeah. And then in a surprising result, Austin Villa beat Leicester 1-0. Um, I personally didn't see that coming. I did a terrible pick em week, so I really didn't see most of these coming, but... On Monday, we had our first 0-0 draw of the season. Always fun. West Brom Burnley. Uh, if there was going to be a game this week that that happened in, I, I you know frankly, I would have thought Sheffield Fulham, but West Brom Burnley would have been a close <laughs> second. Uh, and then lastly, Wolves beat Leeds 1-0. So, Jay, outside of the one game that is going to be hard to talk about, yeah. what do you think of the match week? A lot of draws. A lot of draws. Yeah. Know? But still a lot of goals. That is true. Which is fun. Which, like we said, only that one zero zero yep. draw. First uh, one of the season. We had some 2-2. Two, two, we had two three yeah. threes, you know. Hey, everybody remembers their first. It's the first zero zero draw uh, of the season. I was wondering where you are going to go with yeah. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, what did you... What were you thinking? Uh, uh, okay. Domino's Pizza. Uh, I do remember my first, <laughs> yeah. Just plain cheese. Really? Yeah. I was a big just cheese pizza guy. Now, now I'm a pan pizza guy. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, but anyways. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, good match week for most teams. Sure. Um, 
your predictions weren't great. No, they were they were garbage. Yeah, and uh, I think what next week is uh, when we give our first update. Yeah, and I'm hoping for a recovery <laughs> week. And yeah. nothing against you, but I hope you do terribly so it stays close. Thank to you. Me. I appreciate yeah. you saying that. I know it's a long season, yeah. but still, I'd like to be tied now. Yeah. So, uh, any games uh, that stuck out to you that you want to discuss? Well, I think the one surprising, which the, the one I did get right, uh, would be. The Chelsea Southampton three three draw. Great game. We finally saw Timo Werner mm-hmm. spark to life. He played great. His uh, little solo effort chip over the goalie. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's the kind of talent that Chelsea thought they were getting. But I will give Southampton some credit. Which you should. And, I mean, I called a draw, but I could have seen it being a win for Chelsea very easily once it was you know two zero. But they looked to have it. In hand, and they did. kind of just gave it away at the end there. Oh, absolutely. And Danny Ings. Yeah, <laughs> I that, thought he would hey, score a goal, and he did. So that's look, your player to watch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and you, too, you? had a good player to watch week. I did. With with Marcus Rashford, uh, you know. It's, goal and two assists? Yeah, that's not too yeah. bad. So I would say mine was better than yours. Well, I just said he he would love a goal. You know, I didn't uh, say he would be better okay. or worse okay. than Rashford. No, I mean, we don't have to say whose was better. Right. But if we did... I won't. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Okay. You don't have to. Good. Perfect. But, you, but <laughs> you'll, you'll know it in your heart. No. No? <laughs> Moving on. Moving on! Uh, but any outside of that, I thought that obviously the Spurs game, shocking comeback, mm-hmm. Lanzini's goal, stunning. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous final goal. Uh, I'm sorry it happened Can't to you. Can't save that, yeah. Well, I've gone through... Well, he did get a fingertip to it, you know, so maybe he could have saved it, but Loris is who we're talking about. But uh, anyway, I've gone through my fair share of hard times this season already as a Manchester United fan, mm-hmm. so I can relate, but a surprising result. David Moya didn't <laughs> lose while he was on the touchline. Which you predicted, and we thought you were right Yeah. for a while. For most of the game, yeah. until about the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, no, ten, 10 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, but I know, but the tide started turning at 15 minutes. Not not necessarily that they were going to win, but just, or, or even come back at all, but I thought West Ham, oh, they might get a goal. And then Bale missed his No, I, I absolutely thought it was going to end 3-2. Um, it kind of looked like it was going to end When it was 3-0, way, I was like, just, just how we are. And, you know, Jose's first game in charge was a West Ham, against West Ham, and we won 3-2, and... Similar thing happened, went up 3-0 and gave up two goals at the end, but uh, we gave up that first goal too early. Sure. We gave him too much time to score. And Bale didn't score. Right. really that was sad. I mean, That, that, that like, would have been the ice on the cake yeah. for him to put that game away um, get his first goal back, but you know, wasn't meant to be, yeah. and we're sad about it, but we're moving on. We are. And, and outside of that, I didn't really think there was anything more to discuss other than maybe Aston Villa and Leicester yeah. we already mentioned it was surprising very good game left drama to the end and uh, Ross Barkley Villa perfect cool. so far yeah, yeah it's great love to see them still doing well uh, but we're gonna go straight into a new segment that we had actually been requested to do uh, and it is going to be our new segment called the Smile Mask Team of the Week again we've talked about Smile Mask before yeah. I, I recognize that. Yeah, name. yeah. I, I thought you might by now, but they have the they, clear mask. Clear mask. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The front with a new design. <coughs> oh, uh, for the more of your smile. Exactly. Yeah. Adjustable. It's great. It's a great. I love product. that. Um, but we did a combined team of the week. Mm-hmm. We put our we put our little noggins together. 
Didn't want to bore you with two sets of, of course. and plus, like, who can keep track? Well, know? it'll be boring enough. Right. So, uh, you know, we didn't need to do it twice. But Jake, I just want you to start listing them off. We can start sure kind of talking about them. So, so we have Martinez and Net. Yes, from Aston Villa. Yep, from Aston Villa. Great game, clean sheet. Uh, parried off a lot of chances and just looked really solid between the sticks. Well, and frankly, they made it easy for us by making him the man of the match. You right, know? they're like, hey guys, pick this guy. Exactly. The yeah. only, I think the only goalkeeper that got man of the match. Yeah, it fell one. right into I think Nick Pope might have as well. Okay. Well, that but makes sense. Still. That was 0-0. Yeah, that was zero, zero. yeah. But, but the point being, Martinez was an easy slot in. Sure. Great performance yeah. this week. Jake, our left back, if you would. Uh, Luca Digne? Yes, from Everton. Another assist. He's yep. just kind of a assist machine as it is. He is. He is dynamite from mm-hmm. left back. And most, I, I think he had most dribbles. Uh, uh, most, I think aerial duels, aerial which surprised duels. me. Yeah, that is from a left back. Yeah. You wouldn't see so, that. So, I mean, uh, he had a really solid performance. Yeah. Um, drawing Liverpool. I mean, it was a good game. Yeah. It, was, it was a great Merseyside yeah. derby. Very early in the morning. 5 a.m. Mountain Time. Yep. But great game. Uh, as our first center back, we have Harry Maguire from Manchester United, who answered a lot of critics with a goal and a great <laughs> performance. Not necessarily saying that he's great, but he had no. a great week. Yeah, I mean, whenever a center back finds himself on the yeah. score sheet, it's going to be a good week for them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially someone coming off of a rough international performance. Um, Very rough. A lot of critics off his back, at least for the time being. And uh, other than then the goal, he just played solidly defensively. Yeah. And uh, I think really deserved to be on this uh, team of the week. Now, and now that you note the when a center back gets a goal, our other center back, I had a bit of a toss up personally okay. between Vestergaard, who did score for Southampton, the yeah, tying the tie goal then. Uh. But we picked. Oh, I was gonna do a dramatic effect oh, and go into it, but we I could tell we were not on the same page there. <laughs> Tarkovsky. <laughs> yes, we did from Burnley. Eight aerial duels, mm-hmm. one a clean sheet. Clean sheet is important. I mean, that's yeah. what more can you ask for from a center back? Yeah, and I think it would have been tough to give the Vestergaard after giving up three goals. Right, that's kind yeah. of the, the tough. Letting Timo just kind of go like walk through them twice. Um, and he did. Yeah, he really did. So I think, um, sure, it's a toss up. But I think Tarkovsky deserved it, even though he wasn't yeah. on the score no, sheet. I agree. Our right back was Jao Cancelo mm-hmm. of Man City, who played great. I think he did an excellent job, and although like not a high-scoring game, uh, as we saw, yep. but uh, I think he was really controlling on that side of the pitch and didn't really let anyone past him on the attacking side for Arsenal. When, when you think about the trade they made him for Danilo, yeah. I mean, Man City definitely came out on the plus side of that. Danilo is hard-pressed to get times for Juventus. Yep. Jao Cancelo is one of the better right backs in the Premier League right now. I'd say so. And so, definitely a great performance from him. Yeah. And uh, let's move on to our midfield. Yeah, which is a very attacking midfield. And maybe a little lacking midfield. Sure. We technically only have two Two. midfield players. But. Look at that 4-2-4. In a transition to our first pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Harry Kane basically plays as a false nine center attacking mid these days. I mean, yeah. did you see how far back he was to receive and play the ball I during d- that game? I did. If you look at that heat map, you're going to see something that looks like a midfielder. Yeah, exactly. And so he had two goals and an assist. Mm-hmm. Hard not to pick him. Yeah. No. Um, so we picked him as a center attacking mid. Sure. It's kind of a cheat way to get around having four 100%. forwards that yeah. we want to pick. But yeah. uh, Our other midfielders being 
Ross Barkley, mm-hmm. who had a game-winning goal for Aston Villa. Yeah, which just kind of bossed the midfield around he the did entire great. game. Yeah, getting mm-hmm. his opportunity for constant playing time mm-hmm. at Aston Villa, he's so far rewarded it, and you like to see it. And uh, we didn't have to pick between them, him and Grealish, because we got to add both of them. Right, the ultimate holding midfielder, Jack Grealish, <laughs> has made our team of the week. Uh, he had the most chances created in the Aston Villa game. Yep, he did. And he was dominant. By far, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and so it was hard to pick anybody else. Uh, moving into the forward line, we had your player to watch, Marcus Rashford. Hey. Who we already talked about, goal and two assists. Sure. Hard to find a better performance than that. Hey, it's always fun to be right about those predictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. Because we were both right, and ours were equally good. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's why my pick also made our team of the week. Che Adams. <laughs> Is that who you picked? It's crazy. Uh, I mean, they play for the same team, so essentially. Yeah. But Che Adams did have a goal and an assist in the Southampton comeback against Chelsea. Right. And, uh, I mean, him and Ings up there looked very deadly. They did. And while his goal was a bit of a gift from another Keppa blunder, sure. he surprisingly did not make our team of the week. But Not this time. Next not time. this time. Next time. I mean... Uh, you miss a slide tackle as a goalie. No matter how good your performance is, you're going to find it hard-pressed to get into it. It wasn't 100% his fault, obviously. It wasn't. It well, wasn't. Was it but Zuma? it's just Kepa. Yeah. You know? So, it's funny. It is funny. It's always um, great. But speaking of Chelsea, yep. Jake, our last player. We talked about him earlier. Timo Werner. Showing that uh, stroke of brilliance in those goals. Yeah. And an assist. And an assist. Yeah. Which is the real reason he's up there. Well, that's really, that's why you get him. Look at Harry Kane. Yeah. That's what you buy strikers for, is for the It's for, for the apples. seven Premier League assists exactly. so far. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a pretty good team. It's, I think that's a solid team. Unfortunately for us, none of those players, other than Werner, were in our fantasy team this week. But, that being said... We had a great week. We did have a great we week. We really got back on track. We had 72 points. We had, uh, which I guess, we always talk about being above average. 60 was the average this week, so we were well above average. Um, and specifically, Jake, I have to give you credit. Mm-hmm. You, I've given you a bit of a hard time for the triple captain call early. Okay. You asked me on the fly to switch Son to captain. Over Bruno Fernandez On the podcast. It's... And he reported in with 26 points. There you go. Which was great. Bruno then had 11 as the vice captain, so he didn't get the you know the two times bonus. Sure. But still. And then Werner had 16. So those were our main highlights from the team. But the highest was 136. Look, they were playing a triple captain, and their triple captain was Rashford. Ah, you know, I, That's tough. That's tough to beat. But we were back on track with our above-average performance. Mm-hmm. And honestly, good for us. We deserve it. I'm going to give myself a little pat. I, I would pat you on the back, yeah. but, you know, we're staying socially distant apart. Right. We're about six feet. Yeah, I would say so. From face to face. Right. Our, our, our toes our are not. Our feet are very yeah. close. Yeah. yeah, no, but, but it's nothing for the, the <laughs> listener to know. But, Jake, I, I think the biggest highlight of the week, mm-hmm. just match week five in general, Virgil van Dyke's injury from Jordan Pickford. Okay. Season-ending injury. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was an MCL injury. What do you think the implications are for Liverpool season? Well, first, let me just start off by saying, I call it a low light, not That's a fair. highlight. That's fair. Yeah. Highlight is in it was the not that it was a high, right. just that it is the biggest alarming asterisk next to. I just want to clarify for our listeners. Yeah. 
that uh, we are very sad about this. I am. I yeah. love Van Dyke. As yeah. somebody that used to play defense when they played soccer, he is amazing to watch. Yeah, it's and unbelievable. you never want to see anyone get hurt like yeah. that. Um, and it's tough because of circumstances that yeah. happened. Um, would have been a penalty if he wasn't offside. Sure. But how do you not give someone a card for doing what they did, right. even if it's when the person's in offside position? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just give someone the liberty to do whatever they want. Foul typically wise, you don't. Right? Typically, you don't. if there's a brawl that starts after an offsides call, sure, cards will still be delivered. Sure. However, in this case, it was within the run of play of, of play. sorts because right. the flag wasn't raised. It was an offsides told VAR, yeah. and it's just that challenge in general wasn't a great challenge by Pickford. Oh, it's awful. And he's not gonna get any love from any Liverpool fans anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it just raises some questions about um, the play-on sort of aspect of these offside calls or non-offside calls. Yeah. And if they're leading to injury. And we see this in that in the case this weekend. But, you know, in future cases, it could happen again. No, I agree. And, look, I love a little edge in my derbies. Mm. You know, I even the Richarlison tackle on Tiago was really bad, straight red. But it's kind of like it's a Merseyside derby, right. right? Like, like these are the kind of things that you kind of enjoy watching when they get really into it, get really aggressive. But the difference being that, and I agree with you, it's hard now to watch referees, and not necessarily on the Van Dyke situation, but you mm-hmm. can see the implication for situations where the sideline referees are asked to not call off sides now and to let right. play continue. And if somebody gets hurt in that run of play thereafter, there was no reason for that to happen if the ref would have just called offsides in the first place. Right. Yeah, you know, and so it's it definitely brings about more VAR implications where then, okay, so you've asked the refs not to raise their flag so it's not called offsides. But then if there is a foul that happens, then what is VAR's position to call it back or overturn it, right? Because exactly. they've asked them to not call offsides, let play continue. But then you can't forget what happened because the ref didn't call things offsides. And obviously I realized this was in the run of play. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, it's not like flag should have gone up for offsides, play went on for another 30 seconds. Right. No, still, and it's like that was too close to call. And right. um, probably any linesman's not going to raise their flag in that sure. scenario. But you have to think, um, like, injuries can happen at any point in the game. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the scenarios when referees don't raise their flag because they want to play on, because they want the VAR to look at mm-hmm. it later and make sure like they didn't get it wrong and stop the play. A lot of those scenarios include goalkeepers running out at a defender that is sure. behind the back line yeah. because they are might be offside. And those do create those dangerous scenarios. Right. And um, I haven't seen before, at least I can't think on the top of my head, um, an injury that's occurred because of an offsides call that wasn't called on the field. Right. Um, but it's just something to look at in the future. And if that's something that they're going to change, where they're going to, if it's close enough, they can keep it, their flag down. But if they do feel confident and they want to raise their flag, they don't kind of have that thought in the back of their head. Right. Oh no, VAR will look at it. Like, exactly. You know. Yeah. It, it definitely brings about a gray area. I'd rather oh, have them sure. get it wrong on the field. Mm-hmm. And even if it ruins a goal scoring opportunity, even if it was for Manchester United, but give them a drop ball on the offsides line okay. where it happened, yeah. let them have possession back. It ruins the goal-scoring opportunity, but 
I'd rather have that, mm-hmm. I feel like, than run the risk of my star player getting injured because of yep. an offsides call that a ref was hesitant, hesitant to call. But mm-hmm. with the loss of a star player to Liverpool, Jake, and I kind of touched on this as a question at the start, but what do you think happens to Liverpool season now? No Van Dyke for the rest of the season, presumably Joe Gomez and Joel Matip as the starting central defenders. Yeah, and those aren't bad defenders oh, by not any means. But they're not Virgil van Dijk. Right. They're not and, presumably the best defender in the world. Right. You know. um, which I think he makes a good case for. For sure. And, I mean, he's their cornerstone. Yes. He's, he's not just the best defender in the world. He's kind of what their team's centered around. Mm-hmm. And you look at their defensive record last year when they won the league. It was impeccable. And that's mainly due to his presence in the backfield. But going forward... I originally had Liverpool to win and repeat as yeah. champions. I don't think that happens. It definitely helps my third place prediction. Sure, it, this it definitely does. And I don't wish that it happened. I'm just right. saying in in general. Like, yeah. it, it is an aid. And yeah, I, I do think they dropped to third or fourth. I think um, their attack is pretty potent, but it was just potent enough with their great defense. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to leak a few more goals here and there. They're going to drop points in places they shouldn't be dropping points. Right. And we even saw that earlier this season before Van Dyke got hurt. And so it's going to even happen on a larger scale as the year continues. I think it hurts their chances in the Champions League. I think they get knocked out in the round of 16. And okay. I think it's a overall, because of last year and the year before, I think it's a disappointing season, both domestically and European sure. for them. And... I think we can come come back at the end of the season and say it all started at this injury to their yeah. leader. No, I think that makes sense. And I, I guess for me what it is also more of, I guess, is just Virgil van Dijk was in the Ballon d'Or conversation mm-hmm. a few years ago. He was. Liverpool have still been great since. I think it will be really telling as to what he means to that team with how they perform without him. Sure. Um, Salah is great. Mane is great. They score a lot of goals. They're flashy. They're fun to watch. But I feel like I see more headlines about Van Dyke yeah. than I do about Mo Salah, than I do about Sadio Mane. Not that they don't score hat-tricks in games and, and it's, oh, you know, Mo Salah with a hat-trick, but I feel like whenever Liverpool need a big moment, it's runs with Van Dyke. And so it'll be interesting to see how his absence affects the team. As a whole. Yeah. Um, but speaking of players that are missing out, Jake. Ozil. Ozil. Uh, among a myriad of players, the Premier League squads were released today, the 25 men mm-hmm. squads, and we saw names like Rolando Ahrens from Newcastle. We saw Connor Wickham from Crystal Palace. We saw Socrates, Papas Dopoulos mm-hmm. from Arsenal, all get omitted from their squads, which, you know, solid Premier League players, Socrates especially, but. Mezu Ozil. Jake, I know you're a Spurs fan, mm-hmm. but just your thoughts on the player in general with, without the situation. Sure. Mezu Ozil, what do you think about him? Um, I would say just shy of a once-in-a-generation talent as a maestro individual. Okay. I think he had the abilities to be world-class and a superstar. And I think, I mean, obviously I don't know 
everything that's happened behind closed doors, I just don't think he's had the drive. And I think that he lacked the drive to be one of those top players in the world. And that talent kind of fell short after a couple of years. And he didn't really have enough motivation to back up that waning talent that we saw like peak in what 2015 16 and I mean in his first season with Arsenal mm -hmm. he had 25 gold contributions which is in the Premier League I mean it's just crazy and you you don't see that every year from a newcomer obviously and it's just crazy to see how far he's come or how I mean the opposite of that yeah um, because how far know, he's fallen how far he's fallen thank you yeah no you're welcome and it's just kind of disappointing um, especially if you're an Arsenal fan because you see all that potential he had once he joined your squad and obviously the reason why you guys um, bought him was because of that talent he showed and obviously that first season and then the next he showed some sparks and was amazing but you know now we find ourselves here, and he's left out of the 25-man squad, and, I mean, do you have any thoughts on his performance at Arsenal? You know, my th- I can remember back to long-haired Mesut Ozil playing at Werder Bremen, mm-hmm. and then at Real Madrid. And I remember thinking, this guy is a super, an unsung superstar, playing yeah. with the likes of Benzema, Ronaldo, you're going to get overshadowed, Di Maria, but he was brilliant. He was one of the best central attacking midfielder, playmaker, link-up player that I've ever seen. Um, When he went to Arsenal, I remember being surprised, one, that he made the move, but two, thinking, I don't know how he's going to do. Because the Premier League is a very different league from Spain. I mean, it's very physical, and he's relatively small, not a lot of great stamina, not particularly strong, a great playmaker, and not that doesn't work. We see Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. yeah, but Kevin De Bruyne's big, and he's not fast, but it's not like he's slow. No, and he's no. strong, and he can run for miles. And I just never really saw that with Mesut Ozil, where it worked great in La Liga, mm-hmm. because and it's nothing against La Liga. It's just well, it's still counterattacking very quick you don't see the physicality that you see in the Premier League. And he completely shattered my expectations by getting his 25 goal contributions in his first season. But over time, I think we saw him deteriorate into more of a regressed role. One, the team started underperforming as a whole. Mm -hmm. But two, it's hard to be, quote, the guy. I mean, he had Alexis Sanchez as well. But the creative force in your team when the team's not playing well. Because I feel like you just get more of a spotlight shown on you. As in... Oh, the team's not scoring goals. It's not the goal scorer's fault, particularly. It's also the guy who should be creating all the opportunities. And he had some great moments for Arsenal. I think on his day, he's he's still a world-class player. I think he's great. Um, I'm a big fan of his. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it just kind of seems like it went wrong. Like the league league choice was wrong. And he should have... Pulled an Angel Di Maria, who's been able to kind of revive his career at mm-hmm. PSG after doing so poorly at Manchester United. I'm surprised that Ozil did not do a similar thing and that he opted to stay at Arsenal, which I applaud. I'd like to think he tried to work it out, tried to work through it, tried to 
be a part of it. And then it just didn't work out and he got pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. But I was surprised that after season two, season three, he didn't jump ship and go to the French League or go back to Germany or go to Spain. I, I was going to ask again. you, where do you think he would have uh, succeeded more? Like what league or what team? Uh, he sh- I don't think he should have ever left Real Madrid. No? He had it set up. He was not a... He, the, I think the thing is, he wasn't the star there. He was an integral part of their team while he played there, and he was great. And he was kind of the unsung hero of the team. But once he went to Arsenal with the huge money, big name, big reputation, he took on more responsibility than he was ready for. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, he's older now. Mm-hmm. And I expect to see him pop up in MLS or in China or in Saudi Arabia. I mean, he still has things to offer in the game. He's still a very talented player. I don't know about you. I mean, do you think he'll retire? Do you think he'll keep playing somewhere else? Do you think he gets picked up by another Premier League team, goes back to Spain? I don't think he retires. Um, I will say I don't think he's going to go MLS. Maybe China. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at like a... Not lower tier as in second division, but like a lower tier as in not the top, top teams in, like, a German or okay. French league. So not, like, going to the Bundesliga and going to Bayern. You're going to, like, a Schalke or... Or uh, Gladbach. Okay. But uh, something like that. Or maybe back to Werder Bremen to try to sure. help them stay up. There you go. Yeah. Um, I see him so- somewhere in, like, those teams. Okay. Um, he definitely but, has the quality to oh, still play. At oh, absolutely. Um, but I don't know. I just don't think... There are going to be a ton of spots for him, especially someone who's been out of playtime for so long. Maybe a little rusty, so... I don't know. But the saddest part about this whole thing is Gunnosaurus. Well, I mean, what's going to happen to him? They, Bozo he, said he would He come. said he was going to pay as long as he's at the club. And now he's... Well, he's still at the club. I know, he's but that's going to end soon. Him. It is tough to yeah. on it. R.I.P. in peace. R.I.P. in peace. Gunnosaurus. Man. Your time is coming. Oh. You know, it's like when the dinosaurs faced the asteroid and the life from extinction. <laughs> Ozil tried to stop the asteroid, but, but. it's inevitable. A lot like Thanos. <laughs> We've talked uh, about it before. <laughs> I was going to say Armageddon, where they, uh, they tried to stop the asteroid by drilling oh. a hole through it. But yeah, for our uh, millennials. Um, who've never seen that movie. And, and for me... Who don't, hasn't seen who any movies. Hasn't seen any movies ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What are we... Are we millennials? Are we Gen Z? Gen... Dude, I have no clue. Okay. We'll save it for another time. We might be different. You're a 96 and I'm a 97, so... That'd be sad if we were... Hey, I'm just me. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm Generation Bread. Generation Giggles. There, oh, <laughs> exclusively. Um, but speaking of Ozil, mm-hmm. going back to Europe somewhere else, that is a good transition, Jake. Because it was talked about today, reported yeah. by Sky, Sky Sports News, the European Premier League. A new Premier League for the top teams in Europe. I will say, when I first saw that, I was very confused by the name. And I was like, oh, it's like the English Premier League. But we're branching out and adding some European teams that yeah. aren't English. 
Like, but, oh, like some Irish teams. Sure, or, yeah, or like sure. Celtic and Rangers join. Maybe it's like an anti-Brexit thing. They're trying yeah. to be more inclusive with the European Union. But no, uh, please explain to our listeners what this new European Premier League entails. So essentially, and especially how it affects the Premier League teams, it would be an 18-team league that in essence replaces the Champions League the contract for the Champions League with UEFA expires in 2024. This proposal would implement around 2022. And it's essentially just a league that is played with a tournament at the end. Very MLS playoff style where you have the full season and then still have a tournament at the end to decide the winner. Very any American sports style. That's very true. Um, essentially, they're only allowing five spots for English teams which provides implications on the big six teams who would get left out. Uh, that was a discussion point today right. on Sky. Would that rotate? So it will have a relegation system okay. where teams who are at the bottom drop out, new teams filter in as they succeed. But the founding members have immunity from relegation for the first 20 years of its existence. All 18? Founding members, founding... founding members involve Manchester United, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Bayern Munich, and a, I think there's a few others, huh. um, which is very convenient for them. Apparently, the main proprietors of this you know, proposal are Real Madrid, um, and it comes off the back of our topic last week. Yeah. Which was Project, Project Big, Big Picture, Picture, which now kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Why these top teams were willing to pay and reduce the number of games with you know, the, the Premier League going down to 18, and sure. they were willing to pay other leagues, the lower leagues. But essentially what the idea is, is you create a league that plays during the regular season, basically a 30-game-plus season, of the top teams in Europe, and then there's a tournament at the end. There's already apparently a $6 billion uh, obligation going towards this from, I believe it was Barclays. Wow. So it has funding. Yeah. It has the idea, and uh, it looks like it has the backing already. And so, Jake, I just want to get your thoughts on it, because we talked about Project Big Picture last time, the implications mm-hmm. on the lower leagues. How do you feel about the European Premier League? I think it would be awesome to watch. It's every FIFA career mode person's dream who has at one point made a league. Maybe even on Pez. I don't know how Pez works, but you made the league where it's like, oh, Bayern, Juve, all the top teams, and you put them in a league, and you, oh, how am I going to do? That's essentially what this is. No, and I think that every single game would be exciting. There wouldn't be, like, what we saw this weekend with West Brom and Burnley, and, like, you wouldn't see any of those. Well, but it doesn't replace their position in the like their own respective domestic leagues. The teams would stay in their own leagues and then also play instead of the Champions League. That's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. That's part of the issue, which, again, makes sense why they were trying to reduce the Premier League to 18 teams. Sure. Well, I guess that my point still... Uh, yes. It's true. It would because, be exciting. Right, because no, no game within the Euro- European right. Premier League would be a boring game. Um... I don't know. I obviously don't think it will ever happen. Um, personally, I think that's a lot of travel um, for these teams, especially with the amount of games they're playing. Mm. Add on that you're 
traveling to different countries. But what's the difference between... Because, again, keep in mind, it's kind of replacing these teams in the Champions League. Sure. Which they're already doing. Man, you, you don't play that many Ukraine games in the Champions last... League, though. You don't. But I'm just saying, it's not like the travel aspect of things is that much different. Okay, where you travel is not different at all, Yeah. but the amount of times you travel. Right. And they're even talking about making these games eventually on the weekends, which would compete with Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga yeah. games for TV coverage because obviously these are the games right. that get the most teams. They want people in Asia. They want people in the U.S. to watch. Yep. It's very interesting. No, I mean, it's a very interesting idea, and it'd be super exciting as a fan just to watch. The logistics are way too complicated, though. Um, and I think that it's not going to happen as much as Real and the other big teams want it to happen. Um, I think... If it does, that 20-year um, buffer for these uh, founding teams, I think it's a little too much. Um, It'll probably be reduced. Sure. For sure. Uh, I don't think it's fair at all. Um, that's well, you always say that the Spurs most likely would be left out. I don't know. Let's be honest. I mean, just... It would be Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and I guess maybe... Spurs. Well, we finished above Arsenal last six years. Yeah. Made it to Champions League final two years ago. Right, but it's more about like the size of the club. Sure. The history, like you're telling me that Dan Levy is going to shell out some money to be part of this league. Well, after his spending, his transfer <laughs> window, I wouldn't be surprised by. It. And maybe he'll make his own league. There you go. The Spurs Premier League, I, where it's just I Spurs. I love the sound of this. <laughs> and they win. <laughs> Every year so they can finally get their hand on some silverware. I mean, we have those cabinets that are just waiting <laughs> for trophies. Um, Jake, I'll tell you honestly, I think this is going to happen. You do? I do. Um, in, like, next year or no, in five I, years they, they from now? No, they plan for 2022. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if this league does happen. And the main reason being the money is there. Okay. It already has the funding for the league. I think... These big teams realize they're not going to make as much money playing Burnley, playing teams that are in the relegation zone. Why would, I guess, why would they want to keep playing those teams week in, week out and risk maybe some lack of coverage, Mm -hmm. moving to different services? Yeah. Uh, We're seeing the difference between games on Peacock versus games on NBCSN. Uh, Why do that when you can pretty much guarantee? that people will pay to watch Manchester City versus Bayern Munich and then Manchester City versus PSG. Sure. And then Liverpool versus Juventus every week. I mean, those are the games every week. Um, And I think purely out of the monetary position that everybody's in right now with COVID, it's a very enticing idea. I don't know that it's necessarily the right proposal or the right solution to everything that's going on. But I could see with the way that teams are just funneling out cash right now. We talked last week about how the report came out that teams are losing about 5 mil every game. Yeah. It's tough. I wouldn't be surprised if this does go through within the next year as teams are kind of recovering from that in an effort to make up for those financial losses, especially with the Champions League contract running out. I don't think it's, again, I actually don't really agree with it. I think it might make the leagues more competitive because the top teams would be playing their lesser players, I mean, they're rotational players sure. against more, you know, average yeah. lower league table sides, but I don't hate the idea. 
I don't think it's necessarily the right solution, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes through. I definitely don't hate the idea. Um, I would be surprised if it went through, but I mean, we have that differing view. Hey, that's what makes it a debate. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes, that's what gets, you know, people listening, keeps them engaged. That's what, that's what we're all about. About the view, or the listeners. The listeners, rather, right. The view. I mean, they're kind of viewers. No. Well, viewers as in they're looking somewhere as they're listening to the podcast. You know, they could be looking at anything. I mean, you have a point. Yeah, it's the not... math checks out. Uh, it does. Okay. Yeah. We'll drop that point. We'll drop it. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, no, listeners. I... Definitely fun idea, like I said, but... I don't know. I there's so many hoops to jump through, and you have to get everyone on board. And well, and you know a lot about hoops, so I do. so you're a good person to go to about jumping through them. Um, but with that out of the way, Jake, we can move on to our match week six preview, where I am looking to have a huge rebound in our pick'em. I I would love you to have that bounce back. So, Jake, our first game comes on Friday, the twenty third, at three. Eastern Time. Aston Villa leads. I think Aston Villa stay perfect. I think they win this game against Leeds. Jake, I thought the same thing. I actually think that of all... Th- I, I The thing is, I kept going back and forth on it because like, oh, well, if there was going to be one team they finally dropped points to, it would be to a newly promoted sure. team. But I kind of feel like they're just rolling. Yeah. Like they're just going to keep going. And you know what? Now that you say that, I'm making it my surprise pick of the week. I think Leeds are going to win. Yeah. Can I retract what I said? Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Another on the fly. On the fly. It did not work for me no. last week. So. <laughs> I just have a feeling. Because did you watch the Leeds-Wolves game? I did. They deserved a point. They're good. They are they're a good, good team. team. And I think they're going to take that into Friday. I think they're going to beat the wow. crap out of Aston Villa. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be... I just want to go on the record as saying I'm picking Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if sure. they do drop yeah. points. Um, and then, wow. Okay. i got to recompose yeah, myself please. after that. On Saturday, October 24th, at 7.30 Eastern, we have West Ham, Man City. I have Man City in this one. I think uh, they're back on their feet after a slow start, and they're going to hold off West Ham probably a 2-0 victory. I actually agree with you there. I don't think West Ham can do it again. I mean, they should not have Drew against Tottenham. No. Manchester City will beat them. Okay. Quite handedly, I think. Then at 10 a.m. on Saturday again, we have Fulham versus Crystal Palace. I have a Palace win here. Okay. What about you? I have a draw. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coming off the week of draws, I think that momentum continues for Crystal Palace and Fulham. The draw momentum. Oh. It's going to keep going. The draw momentum. The draw momentum. Wow. Wow. That's something, isn't it? Is that the whiskey talking or is that a good phrase? No, that was a great phrase. Okay. We, cool. need, we need to like what? Coin that. Coin that. Yeah. TM it. Uh, after that at noon 30... As I often say, we have Manchester United and Chelsea. Game of the week? I think so. Um, Man U, coming off a win against PSG, as we saw today they in the are. Champions and League. And Chelsea tied Sevilla. Chelsea tied Sevilla, 0-0. Mm-hmm. Disappointing game. But we'll move past that. Um, hmm. This is a tough one, Brent. Yeah. Because 
I really saw Manu losing to PSG today. Jake, if you would have asked me 24 <laughs> hours ago, I would have said a Manchester United loss. Yeah. Because mm. PSG, I thought morale was going to be low, but now sure. how the how the turntables. United kind of have some momentum after that game. I'm going to say a draw. Okay. Maybe like a 2-2-3-3. Two, two, three, three. Maybe maybe it's a third 3-3 three, three draw for Chelsea. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to pick Manchester United win. Okay. I have picked against my team multiple times I, this I season. It. And been right, for instance, against Spurs. Mm-hmm. However, against Chelsea, Ole has beaten Chelsea three out of four times last season. And not only that, I mean, they've been close games, but they've been pretty convincing with the system Manchester United sure. has deployed. And yeah. after the momentum from this, this day, mm-hmm. this Champions League match day, I think they roll through to the weekend and they beat Chelsea. Hey, no. I'm glad that you believe in your team like that. Well, for the first time. For the first time. But then, uh, again, at three on Saturday, we have Liverpool and Sheffield United. I have a Liverpool win. I don't see Sheffield picking up any more points. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not going to get their first win of the season here, but... uh, I don't think it's close either. I think Liverpool will win by a lot. I also have a Liverpool win in this one. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield just... Well, they did finally pick up some points. A point. Don't look... A, a point. Don't look like the side they were last year. We thought they'd drop off, as we keep saying, but mm-hmm. this has been shocking. And even without Van Dyke, it's not like Sheffield's posing no. a potent attack. I wouldn't say that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's easy to move on. Sunday, October 25th, the first game at 10 a.m. is Southampton versus Everton. I think this is uh, I want to pick Southampton because I was going to for my but pick, you're not going for to. my pick of the week okay. or my upset pick of the week. Yeah, that's mine. It is it. Funny enough, yeah, I'll just say it right now yeah. that was my surprise pick is a Southampton win. Okay, I'll I'll just I'll do a draw then. Okay. Um, because it was gonna be my surprise pick of the week until I changed it on the fly. Yeah, on the fly. Uh, I'm too scared. Big fly. I'm guy. too scared to do two. Surprise picks of the week. So I'm, yeah. I'm just going to do a draw. Well, I don't think that's part of the rules. It's oh, surprise okay. picks of the week. Well, it wouldn't be counted as surprise picks. Sure, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, well then moving on at 12.30, we have Wolves-Newcastle. Which is actually kind of a closer call than one might have thought sure. before the season. Yeah. Um, I actually have Newcastle win here. Really? Yeah. Jake, I thought about doing the same. I'm going to go with the draw okay. in that game. Wolves just have not impressed me. They haven't impressed me. No. Um... I think while he has had some penalties, I've been very surprised by Callum Wilson mm-hmm. this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow picks up another penalty and a Raul Jimenez goal. Wouldn't be too surprised. Just like a 1-1 draw. And if, if there were fans, it might change my opinion because that's the Molyneux. But sure. I don't know. It's a I, tough place to go. Yeah. But, you know, no fans. I think Newcastle is just going to go in there and get a like 1-0-2-1 draw or a win. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, Jake, at 3.15 Eastern on Sunday, we have what would have probably been the game of the week had it not been for Manchester United and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It's Arsenal and Leicester. I were not impressed by Leicester over the weekend. Yep. Um, Which is fair. Arsenal, although they lost to Man City, um, I think they're going to beat Leicester. Um, I think it's going to be 2-0. Okay. Jake, I'm going to go for a draw in this one as well. Okay. Um, recent form says both teams have two losses and three wins in their last five games. Uh, I mean, Leicester's coming two games or 
I guess now three games ago, they did beat Man City. They do have that quality. But I just think that this one's going to end up in a draw. I, I'm really draw-oriented after this past week. It's that draw-mentum, dude. That draw-mentum. <laughs> it continues. Uh, then on Monday, October 26th, at 1.30 Eastern, we have Brighton, West Brom. A huge tilt. Yeah, Everybody's I was about to say. I Game of the week. Just got a little excited thinking about that. Ooh. Um, if you know what I mean, Mr. Brent. I can see it. Um, I don't even want to pick. It's such a boring game, in my opinion. Um, I, I think Brighton win here. I also have a Brighton win in this yeah. game. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just moving right on then. Sure. At, of all times, 4 Eastern. Right. Wow. Burnley and Spurs. What is this, a European match? Jeez. I guess so. Yeah. Holy cow. Later but, than all the European matches this week, yeah, actually. Frankly, yeah, frankly. I mean, it's two mountain time. That's crazy. That's nuts. Jake, who do you have? I have Tottenham. I think we see the Sun, Kane, Bale, front three act front three actually start and I think we thrash them I think it's 4-0 I said last week that Burnley I kept kind of picking them to do well and they kept letting me down I'm finally getting off the Burnley train yeah. I'm picking a Spurs one thank you we need it yeah no you do for morale for everybody uh, but as always with that next match week comes our fantasy team Ooh. and we have had a change in the team, we had some fun. We had some funding yeah. coming to the team, and uh, we had some extra mills to spend. Mm-hmm. And so we actually dropped Soyuncu, who was out until January twelfth. Sad, very sad. And we picked up Dinye from Everton, which I think is a great, a great transfer. Pick, yeah. um, so our team is going to be, and and I'll just say we're looking at dropping Adama Traore pretty soon, who cannot get a start. No. Um, but our team this week is Pickford and goal versus Southampton, Alexander Arnold Arnold against Sheffield. We then have Gabriel against Leicester, Lamptey against West Brom, Ooh. and Dinier against Southampton. So we've got three wide backs and one center back. We then have Fernandez as vice captain against Chelsea. We have Son as captain against Burnley, Neto from Wolves against Newcastle. And then our front three is Timo Werner against Manchester United, Calvert-Lewin against Southampton, the man on fire, not unlike Katniss, uh, which I guess was you know the girl, the girl on fire. fire yeah. But uh, no, like and then that, but... finally we have Patrick Bamford playing against Aston Villa. I feel good. Yeah, no, I like that uh, son chip, or not chip, um, captain. Yeah, no, we lost our triple <laughs> captain week one. <laughs> captain against uh, Burnley. Um, yeah. I don't really have any opinion on who our vice captain is, so we can keep it at Bruno. Yeah, but, doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter a ton. Yeah. Uh, but Jake, moving on to one of my favorite segments uh-huh. that I specifically take part in every week. Take your time with Eon there. I can tell I'm boring you. But Jake's bets of the week. What are they this week? What are you feeling for, for our next match week six? So the two previous weeks, I've done three-part parlays. You have. Both times, two of the three have hit. So the parlay lost, but I've been four for six in the last two weeks yeah. on my very positive bets. outlook. Sure, for you. yes. Yeah, I'm gonna simplify it. Okay, simplify or die. Crystal Palace win straight up, plus one sixty five odds. I'm a five dollar guy every week. Five dollars on my bet. You're a high suggest. roller. High roller. Yeah. 
So, you know, $5 gets you, what, a little over $6 um, in net profit if you win that. And we're keeping it simple, one bet, but it's still on the plus side, so it's not it's not a favorite. But it's, No players to score first, nothing, just nope, straight up. Nope, straight up, Crystal Palace win. Okay, wow. Yep. All right, I'm surprised you didn't include like a Zaha bet in there to score. No, something. no, lock it in. Um... If, well, Jake, if, I don't bet, but sure, if sure, I could, I sure. would lock it in. Yeah. If you were want to be adventurous... Um, Sometimes I am. There are those uh, game specials where you can do who wins and under an amount of goals. So if you want to do a Crystal Palace win under 2.5, I, I would say it's pretty much a lock. Seems fair. I think it's going to be one zero two zero. And uh, that's Jake's bet of the week. Wow, very simple this week. Not a lot of details. There wasn't a lot for me to keep track of, and I appreciate that. So I didn't want to have to repeat myself like last week. You made yeah. me repeat all three. Yeah, well, I just wanted to make sure it was really solidified sure. for someone like me. Yeah, and I just want to get back on track. That's really what it I is. I get it. Um, yeah. The parlays have almost been hitting. It's been pretty sad. Um, Manchester United, or sorry, Manchester City versus Arsenal let me down with yeah. the one goal only. Yeah, no, that was tough. Who but could have yeah. seen that coming? Not me, obviously. Not this one. <laughs> not, not this one. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, we got some Champions League this week. Yeah. And uh, came on Friday for the Premier League. Yeah. Wow. That's soccer, like, every day of the week. I love it. For those that I'm watch European it, soccer. Which most people, I feel yeah. like, generally do. Uh, yeah, I like it, Jake. I like your I like your bet. I have always lived by the phrase, keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> so, I'm I'm all for it. I, I like it. But, Jake, with that, I believe that's the wrap of our podcast, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. My, my whiskey's gone, so... Speaking of our whiskeys... Oh. We want to make a point of... We drink one glass of whiskey each, every podcast. Well, and a shot before the start. We didn't have to tell them that part. Well, it's just... I want to be honest. I don't want them to think poorly of us. Well, it's... What it is. How do you think the conversation flows? Sure. And it yeah. flows like the liquor. So we have a good amount of whiskey each week. Yes. Which means we go through a bottle decently fast. Surprisingly so. Faster than the average bear. And we just wanted to give a shout out to who we are drinking. So at the beginning, first, what, three, four episodes? Yep. We were drinking uh, Breckenridge bourbon. It was great. It was oh fantastic. My gosh, it was oh my goodness. Went down easy. Didn't really even taste like a whiskey. No aftertaste or burn yeah, or anything. It was great. It was amazing. Uh, we have since finished that bottle. And we have moved on to Leopold Brothers, which is from Denver. Mm-hmm. Both, well, it's, both it's from Colorado. It's trying to do as much yeah. local as we can. We're which now, will get hard. We're but, now Colorado boys, as it is. It is. Um, so we want to just try all the whiskeys from the state and uh so yeah we will pull brothers this week and probably next week and maybe next probably week, the next uh, week yeah. afterwards we're running kind of low but we're gonna make an effort to inform our listeners and give us like a small review sure once we open a new bottle yeah so just want to keep you guys in the loop um but yeah other than that i think we're all set we have our new cool shirts i'm never taking this off not into it's gonna it. get destroyed in the shower I was going to say. It's going to smell bad after the gym, but it will not leave my person. Brent, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure I want to hang out with you if you're smelling like that. Really? Yeah. Even if you're wearing the same shirt. 
Well, I'm not going to wear it all the time. I'm frankly a little dis... We spend good money on these shirts. I don't wear t-shirts to bed, do you? I don't, but maybe I will. <laughs> I will now. I love the shirt. It's just uncomfortable when you sleep. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm Jake. Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's all I hear. Okay, well... That's all I hear. So before we get in the fight, I just want to give a quick sign-up from the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And that dress code is... Jammies. We'll see you next time. Love it, love it.